The Find Your True North podcast and blog are dedicated to exploring intuition and how we use it in our businesses and lives. Together, we'll learn how to sharpen our intuition to make our daily decision-making easier. We'll find out how to hear the language of intuition, and we'll learn how to remove the emotional, mental, and physical barriers we might have to hearing it. Today, I'm speaking with Lisa Lola. When I met Lisa for the first time, we were both living in Des Moines, Iowa, both just finding our way into a group of friends who would change the way we view community. At the time, Lisa was a video producer for commercial advertising. She was successful by most measures, but seemed a little timid, a little unsure of herself. Over the last five years, Lisa has transformed herself into someone who has a solid sense of who she is and what she's here to do. It's been amazing to watch the transformation, and today she'll share how intuition played a major role in her journey. In today's episode, Lisa and I talk about differentiating between the ego, your inner critic, and your intuition, creating sensory bookmarks to map your inner voice, using the chakra system to tap into intuition, how her inner guidance led her into the career she's in now, and the power of asking questions and waiting for the answers to come to you. For more information about Find Your True North, go to www.intuition.today. And now, enjoy the episode. But Lisa, tell me about how you define intuition for yourself. Hmm. Intuition for me is um, is like a felt sense that I have. Uh, it comes in the form of like my higher voice, um, and it feels very connected. Uh, so I think for each person, it feels very connected uh, to themselves, um, not just like their physical bodies. Um, but everything that encompasses them. So their spirit selves, their emotional selves, their mental selves, I believe it includes everything. Um, the conscious mind and the unconscious. So, and from what, what we've talked about previously, it sounds like you've done a lot of work to come to your own definition of intuition. Like this wasn't something that was obvious to you at first. Is that right? Oh yeah, totally. It was it was not there. I didn't even know what intuition was um, for a long time. You know, I was very, uh, I was a very mind-based person um, and had to, you know, over-plan, over-organize. You know, I'm a Virgo, so extremely detail-oriented. And uh, I didn't know what intuition um, was, and I did not also trust it. You know, I'm like, no, like, not linear, you know, not logical, like... I don't know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like um, we tend to rely so much on the linear that when it's not linear and logical, that it's automatically untrustworthy. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about the process that you went through to come to understand your intuition. Yeah, definitely. Um. I started to get uh, very involved in my own self-healing work. Um, this was a couple of years ago. And I was working as a producer um, for commercial advertising. And I'd been doing that for about six to seven years and was not happy. Knew that this was not, you know, for me. It wasn't sustainable. I couldn't take care of myself inside of it. Um, lots of high stress and anxiety. And... I just started to ask um, spirit or the universe, you know, whatever uh, that higher power is that you refer to, um, what I was brought here to do. Like, what was it? Because through this healing work I was doing um, through different classes and workshops and working with different healers, um, I 
started to get that there was something else out there that people, you know, went to, uh, to make decisions and to guide their life and to navigate, you know, inside of their uh, trauma or their emotions. And so I started to just ask, um, I'm at my wits end. Fine. I'll just start to ask, what am I, what am I brought here to do? What is my life's purpose? And like right away in the very beginning, I heard like energy healer and I've been working with a lot of energy healers and I've become, um, extremely, uh, interested and it became like my all time, like hobby. Like if I wasn't working, I was reading or, you know, um, doing something that could get me more involved and, uh, acquire knowledge and energy healing. Uh, practicing energy healing, you know, on myself and, you know, messing around with it with friends. And I just, uh, I got a little scared when I heard this answer from the universe. Like, really? That's, no, that can't be the answer. Energy healing, that's what I was brought here to do. Like, I have, like, I don't have a degree in that. Like, I have a degree in, like, you know, communication studies. And I thought I was supposed to, you know, continue to do something um, being a producer, you know, and so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to ask like every day. So I would just, I just continue to ask every day and I would get the same response like every day. And I love that. Like, it's like, no, but really, um, so what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. Exactly. And, um, I just could like my logical mind can wrap itself around that, you know, cause it just didn't make sense. Like I hadn't done like any like schooling or any training in energy healing, you know, I'd had it done to me, you know, that was like it and just was like my side hobby. So I uh, said, okay, you know, spirit universe, if this is what I was brought here to do, then um, give me an opportunity to say yes to. And like, bam, like right away, I was um, talking to uh, one of my spiritual teachers the next day. Uh, he's also a healer. And we were talking and all of a sudden he brought something up about like uh, his curriculum. And I was like, wait a minute. So you have a curriculum? Like, do you, do you teach like classes and what you do? And he said, yes, of course. You know, I have my doctorate in metaphysical science. Um, I have a whole curriculum that teaches like people how to do energy work and channeling and all of these types of healing modalities. You know, are you interested? And I'm like, shit, you know, like that was, there it was, you know, there was an opportunity knocking on my door. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. Like I asked for this. So yes, you know, so we like started, he's like, you know, he's like, well, I'm actually starting up like a new round of like students, um, next week. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'm on board, you know? So it was just like that moment of like, okay, I hear you. I, I got it. You know, I got the universe. I got an intuition. Like, all right, this is what I was been, you know, this is what I've been brought here to do. And, uh, I don't know much more than that, you know, let's dive in. And I completely dove in like head first, uh, just went right into his curriculum, um, completed it. Like I'm, I've been the only student to complete like all, like all of the pieces of the program, um, and go out and like work on people and like start my own like business from it. Wow. So, so it sounds yeah. like you, it's funny, you got what you asked for, but you didn't necessarily like it at first. Right. Yeah. I just was, I was scared. Like I had all sorts of fear there, you know, and how am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to make money? You know, like 
can I trust this like magical voice in my head? You know, like what is this voice? You know, it, and like we kind of talked about this uh, via email, but it was like this, this other voice. I'd heard the ego voice, you know, all of my life. And I'd heard the inner critic, you know, those two tied together, you know, very strongly. But this, this voice was different. You know, this voice was like unattached, yet extremely connected to me. Uh, it was light. It was free. It was loving. And it, it felt like it only had like my best interests in mind. You know, and it, and it got nothing out of it. You know, it just wanted me to like be me and do what I was brought here to do, you know? So um, how did you start to, we, we did talk about this via email. You were talking about how you started to really be able to differentiate between the egoic voice, um, which I think in your words you said was attached to outcome and the intuitive voice, which was, which had nowhere to be. Um, so was there a process about like, a process around how you became used to feeling the difference and, and understanding the difference. Right. Yeah. So I would just play with it. You know, I would play with these voices. So I would ask, like, I would ask myself a question, you know, uh, even if it would be like, what should I eat for dinner? You know, just like the most basic of things, like what does my body like want for dinner? Does it like my mind would go like pizza, you know? And then like, it would just feel like, that doesn't feel very clean, you know, not in regards to like the pizza being clean, but re in regards to the thoughts, like what's best for my body. And then like something would come like some sort of, you know, like salmon with, a, you know, a salad and, you know, good protein. And it would just feel like resonance, you know, it would feel, um, it would feel light, you know, it would feel airy, it would feel like it has its best interest for me in mind, whereas opposed to the ego of mine would feel like the response would always feel kind of heavy and it would feel like it had some sort of agenda, you know, or what, what should I do this evening? You know, and the, the ego voice would want me to do something that's like, you know, maybe my old self would do like my old self that wasn't necessarily, uh, as progressed, um, inside of, uh, like my healing and inside of like the knowledge that I have with spirit. Uh, sometimes we haven't fully integrated, you know, everything that we've learned and healed and the mind still kind of like tracks behind and is still wanting to kind of self-sabotage, you know? And so the mind would kind of sometimes give me self-sabotaging answers. And for a while I would give into those cause I wouldn't really know the difference. So I had to kind of go through this process of trial and error and, you know, eating like, you know, crap that would hurt my body, you know, cause I have some food sensitivities and then finally it would get to this point where it's like, you know, I'm getting that that's not going to be, you know, that's not going to feel good in the long haul, you know? So those sensory bookmarks is kind of what I said. I started to kind of like check off in my mind, like that feels a little heavy. Like that feels a little like it has an agenda. Oh, and like this feels lighter. This feels like um, it wants what's best for me. And I would kind of make these like felt senses like in my body, like, and mark that and kind of have like two different compartments of like, okay, that's more, that, that feels like intuition. And so an answer would come through and that, okay, that goes the intuition category. That feels like intuition. That kind of feels like ego, you know, and just play with it. Hmm. So is your intuition ever wrong at this point? Um, you know, I was asking myself this this morning when I was preparing for the interview today. Uh, 
my intuition, I would say there's only sometimes when it may appear that my intuition is wrong. And that is with clients. Sometimes uh, information will come through with clients and they'll be like, I don't get that. Like, I don't think that hits right now. And like my intuition says, they're not supposed to get it right now. Like it's an answer for later down the road. Like they'll get it later or like their logical mind may never get it, but like their body like receive, like needs to receive that or their spirit or their emotions need to receive that. So I'm like, it's okay. You know, like that's fine. I've really done because the work I do involves using my intuition every day with clients. I've gotten to this place where I, I've kind of let go a lot of the attachment of being right you know, I definitely still, you know, the ego still wants to be right, you know, sometimes, but I, I allow myself to practice and put things out there and I allow myself to be wrong. Even if those people want, you know, think that I'm wrong, if it feels right over here, I'm good with it. You know, if it has that like sensory bookmark of like, yes, this feels like it's in the highest good. Um, and I use, I guess visit is an interesting way to put it, but that's kind of just the, I guess the, the words that I can find to describe, mm-hmm. you know, like what I'm talking about. Um, so I would say 99% of the time, no, my intuition is not wrong. 99. Probably 9% of the time it's not wrong because I can feel like sometimes if it comes out and it feels, uh, I thought it was maybe intuition then it feels like ego, like I'll correct myself usually. And I'll say, you know what? That doesn't exactly feel right. You know? So then I'll, I'll label that as not intuition. So I think it's actually pretty spot on. Hmm. So what's interesting is that it's because you've gone through the process of trial and error to refine it, you can have that trust in it, number one. And number two, it sounds like especially with work with your clients or even yourself, you're not attached to the outcome. So it's okay to just say it uh, even if it doesn't immediately resonate with them. Um you're not attached to them agreeing or having some am- amazing revelation because of what you just shared. It's just, is that right? Yes, it's right for me. It may not be right for them right now, but this was right for me to say. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, I won't deny that I still, um, I'll have intuition come through during uh, sessions and I'll still like, sometimes it's outlandish stuff, you know, it's like really far left or right. And I'm just like, really? Like you want me to like share that, you know? And I'm just like, Oh, and I'll sit with it for a while, you know, and like my ego and this intuition will kind of do this back and forth dance of like, don't say that. That's completely wrong. That's stupid. You know, like they're not going to believe that because it'll be something maybe about a past life. You know, I'm like, I'm getting intuition or a download. Do you have an example of that that you could share? Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, (laughs) this, this one and this one's, um, I'm going to share this one because it's, it's kind of comical. Uh, and if you were to know the person, like it makes sense. And she's, when she received it, she was like, I'm not so sure about this, but over time she's gotten it. So I was, uh, this is a friend of mine and this was kind of in the beginning of when I was doing my work and, um, it was coming through that, uh, she has been an octopus in a past life. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I know it's like so silly, even coming out of my mouth. It sounds so silly. But like the resonant feeling is like she was <laughs> like she was. And I was like, so I was sharing this with her and I was like sharing what, you know, my intuition spirit was saying to support her being an octopus. And it like, it really made sense, you know, and she was kind of like, and she's, 
she's out there enough that she could like receive that. But she was also kind of like, really, Lisa, you know, like, like an octopus. I'm not, uh, okay. Like I'll sit with it. We'll see how that goes. Well, then over the course of the next six months, I kid you not, she was like, Lisa, I was in Hawaii and like, I had like, we were, you know, laying there like on the beach and I had this like moment of like the sea breeze, like coming up on me. And she was like, I had this hit of like octopus. She's like, it's not like I smelled octopus or anything, but she's like, I got it. And I was like, kind of in this like meditative, like sleepy place. And she's like, I went into this whole different, you know, um, like, I guess, vision of like being an octopus. And then she like, then she gave me like two other examples of other times where she got that she was an octopus. And I don't know. I don't know why that's important. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just share the information. I don't need to know why, like she needs to know this or yeah. why it's important. She may figure out why it was shared with her later on in this life or the next. But, uh, you know, part of being the messenger of intuition is it, you, you probably aren't going to understand logically why this person needs to hear this. You know, you just, you just relay, you know, you pass the baton. Um, so that's a lot of what I do in my work. That's such a big takeaway. But the, my question for you is how do you get comfortable sharing, um, those, those things that could be super uncomfortable to say? Um, I really had to kind of, uh, hone in and refine uh, my delivery system. Um, so a lot of the things that I have to share uh, with my clients are, they can be very hard subjects. You know, they can be uh, abuse, you know, and victimization and um, victimization of themselves or others, you know, them hurting other people as well and not coming forward to be healed. So a lot of what I do is, you know, I shine the light upon the shadow and, you know, not to make the shadow wrong, but to provide full healing for, you know, my clients. And it's, it's really like me getting present and centered with myself and extending out like that energetic cord, like an invitation. And I, like, I try to meet them like where they're at. So I meet them like inside of their energy, like wherever they're at, they are. And then I just hold my presence there with them. You know, so they can feel like that they're being held. They can feel that that, okay, Lisa's here like with me and she's here for me. You know, I'm, I'm on your side. And so here I am with you and then gently, softly, slowly connected, like delivering like whatever that intuition is coming through. You know, so it can, so it can be safely exchanged from me to the recipient. And they can actually receive it like from a place of being held, you know, as a place, as opposed to a place from feeling fear and feeling scared and like starting to shut down. Cause it's really hard for people to receive that type of, um, hard information from like already like a closed down place or if they feel like they're alone, you know, so it's all about, um, it's all about making sure that that person feels safe and feels comforted, um, and doesn't feel alone. So it sounds like you, you almost like create an energetic space for it by using, it sounds like using your energy field and, and you can correct me if there's other elements to this, um, using your energy field to send a message saying you're in a safe space and to share presence 
and then sharing from that standpoint. Yes. Yeah. Like our presence is, um, it's the, it's like the gateway and the connector, you know, it connects us. Um, and it's amazing, you know, with like the human connection, like the greatest way we can like forge that bond between each other is through our presence. You know, so I, I basically, I just come out energetically and I just, uh, my only um, agenda is to meet the person is just to meet you where you're at, not to fix you or change you um, or make you receive anything or make you do, you know, anything. It's just to, to meet you and then to say, okay, here's what I'm getting. Here's what, you know, I'm hearing needs um, to be told you know, to you, to help you along your path. Um, and then like, let's, let's like hold that. And then let's see where we go from there. You know, we don't have to do anything with it. We can just receive it and set it aside. Or perhaps the person is at the point where they're ready to, to do something with it. They're ready to start to shift that energy. You know, they're ready to take it forward in their life and, and use it for themselves. Do you have a sense of how to explain explain how you would create an energetic space with your body. So I'm, I'm sitting here trying to piece through. I know what you mean. I think I've experienced the same thing. And yet I'm wondering how the hell would I tell someone how to do that? Who's sitting here listening to this going, what the hell are they talking about? Okay. <laughs> Why would yeah. like, the only thing I know to do is just say what I'm, what I'm thinking or intuiting, but how do I energetically create that space? And, and for me, what immediately comes up is it's through the body and it's, it's an attempt to sync with the other person and first feel into what they're feeling and then try to put out a vibe of love and caring. But I'm curious what you would have to say about, like, how would you explain that? Right. Uh, so for myself, the way I create it um, is always with me first. So I've got to get myself, you know, centered and grounded uh, in order to facilitate such a space. Um, so, you know, I meditate. Um, I do different, you know, uh, visual exercises. I do uh, kind of a mantra prayer type invocation. Um, I have a ritual, you know, that I do before I have each session. And I come into myself, you know, I pull all of my energy that's out in the world, you know, and, you know, from previously working on my computer or answering emails or whatever it might be. And I pull my energy back in, you know, and I open my heart chakra, you know, and I center and I center and I just, by centering, I mean, I breathe into my heart and I focus my attention there and I connect, you know, from the heart down to my root chakra, you know, I ground down into mother earth. And then I also connect up through the third eye and into the crown and up to source above. You know, so I've got this whole energetic connection from source above to Mother Earth below. So I'm completely spirit human connected. And I allow like that non-physical part of me, you know, my higher self to come through my physical form. So I've come into my inner landscape, you know, and I've pruned my inner garden. You know, I've, I've cleaned everything. I've got healing light, you know, flowing in through my crown and out through my feet. You know, so I'm an open vessel and this vessel that's, um, I guess, ready and open, ready to give and open to receive. And it's, I'm centered in my heart space. 
And so when my clients come in, I'm already in this space and then I just have to hold that space and then connect with them. And I just connect by keeping my presence on them. You know, and I'm not saying that my awareness may not flutter out, you know, into the universe somewhere and I might have to come back. But usually when my awareness flutters out, their awareness flutters out, Mm -hmm. you know, so you just come back, you know, or their awareness flutters out and then I follow them, you know, and that's part of my work as an energy healer. I just come back, you know, so I keep my presence with them. It's just like when you're having a great conversation with a friend and you're just, you're really listening to them and all you hear is them, you know, and all that is in your, like all that's in your world right now is them. And that's like creating that space. And then I watch their body and their body starts to soften. You can kind of feel the edges start to soften. They start to drop down inside of their bodies. Their breathing normalizes. You know, they're not breathing up into their shoulders. It starts to go down into their belly. Their eyes usually soften. Their lips curl. It's really about just reading like the physical, which reads the energetics, you know, and then I just track their energy and I just track their energy down like into their belly, you know, and I kind of, even if they're a little stuck, I kind of just with my, with my energy and with my, like my body and my, uh, like my intuition, pretty much. I use my intuition to help them like drop down into their body. If they're kind of having a hard time doing it themselves. Hmm. So to summarize, um, so much of that is attention. Yep. Just full on. As much as we can do that, uninterrupted attention on the person, which I just, I think so few of us really get in a day. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're so distracted. You know, we've got amazing technology, you know, at our fingertips all of the time, you know, our phones and we are the you know kings and queens of multitasking. And it's like we barely give ourselves any attention, you know, and then our spouses or our significant others like they're doing the same thing, you know, and it's really hard to meet up, you know, energetically in that space to provide for one another. And we're also humans. We're still having this, you know, this human experience and we get tired, you know, and we have a lot on our plates and we're also, we have a lot of information coming in from the outside. Like that's a lot of like where my clients get tripped up. You know, we talked about on what trips up your clients, what has them not trust their intuition And a lot of it is just outside influences, Mm. external noise, distractions, um, you know, society, media, parents, um, the way we grew up, you know, the school systems that we were a part of, um, all telling us these certain ways of being that we've never even connected with our way of being, you know, like, what is my way of being? I just came into knowing that, you know, in the last, you know, year, like really getting it, like really getting it. I'm reading um, Danielle Laporte's new book, White Hot Truth. I think it's actually officially released on May 16th or something like that. And one of the things that's, it's really good, but what one part that struck me quite a bit so far is um, her her discussion on inner authority. And it occurred to me that, you know, especially when we go through the school system or we have, I mean, everyone has parents, but we're not taught to trust our own inner authority, we're taught to trust the external authority. And so I think a major part of our work as adults is to really get back to that point where we are not only able to trust it, but even able to hear it or understand it. Because I I don't think that, you know, by the time you graduate school, you've been listening to somebody else for so long, you have no idea what you want or 
really feel. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so how do you how do you help your clients get back in touch with that? Back in touch with that. Well, um, you know, it's doing like doing energy work sessions, um, like helping them connect uh, to their body. Um, and I do, I'll do certain things. So trying to kind of put this in logical words. So one of, uh, the most like popular modalities that I do, and it just, it's like what I guess bred and born, like my, uh, my work was, uh, working in the chakra system. And so the chakra anatomy. And so I first started out with doing chakra balancing for my clients. And for those of you that don't know, uh, you've got seven, you know, major chakras in your body. Uh, you have many more than that. You have chakras all over your body. But these, you know, the Western system, uh, we focus on the seven main chakras. And they hold different characteristics and traits, uh, trauma, uh, different parts of yourself. They all have a color and a sound, all that kind of stuff. And so when I'm going through and doing like a chakra balancing, like, you know, I will direct the person to um, attune their awareness to, you know, their first chakra located, you know, where their tailbone meets their pubic bone, you know, so they at least get a vision of like, if they've never understood, you know, what that is, what's a chakra or what is my energy, just take your attention down into that area and just observe, you know, just notice. And I will do different, um, like, uh, like Bija Mancha trance, as well as, um, like moving the energy and just, uh, I just ask them to notice, like notice their sensations. They may not notice any sensation. You know, they may be completely disconnected from their etheric body and their physical body that they don't even know that I'm doing anything. Um, and then you kind of get farther on down the line where there's people that have done energy work or they're more, um, uh, enlightened with their body. There's a, there's a stronger connection there. So they'll feel what I'm doing, you know, exactly. They'll feel my hand motioning over their, over their body. I work in the ethereal body, which is about six to eight inches above the physical body. And I'll also do some Reiki, like hands-on assisting, touching, sending healing light into the body. Um, so connecting those two things, like seeing what I'm doing, you know, they're seeing me work in their energy field. And then noticing their felt senses, noticing the sensations happening in their body. Um, so that's one way that they get to know, you know, their own body and connect with it. And then also uh, through like the messages that I get through intuition and like the divine, um, they'll resonate and things will start to click. You know, things will start to make sense. And I'm sharing things that um, I couldn't have possibly even known without intuition. You know, without being able to just tune into that universal source of knowledge and just pull it down because it's not it goes through the logical mind. You know, it's it's from opening of the crown and opening of the third eye. Um, so over time, you know, people start to hear things and it's like, OK, this lady's saying it. And I've been saying that like my inner voice has been saying this that whole time as well. There's something going on here. You know, and I'll have clients say a lot of the time, like, I'll share something that's been uh, expressed in my intuition that they need to know. And they'll be like, oh, my God, I've been thinking that same thing for like the past year. Or I just 
I just came into knowing that like yesterday and like now you're telling me it, you know? So that happens like more often than not, you know, that synchronicity because the universe wants us to win, you know, like they, they really, it really is here for us. So it's going to give us all of these um, openings and opportunities for magic to occur, you know, true magic for us to experience that. And it only takes those like little glimpses, you know, sometimes we make up that, oh my God, I need to like have this massive, like, you know, realization or this huge aha to be able to heal myself and get to know myself and trust my intuition. You really don't. It's in the tiny little things. It's in like, which food should I have for dinner? You know, should I go to bed? Like, should I get up? No, I need more sleep. You know, people can just start with their own self-care regimen. You know, that's really a lot of how I did it. So I want to go back to something you just said, which was, you know, opening up the crown chakra and the third eye. So uh, let's go back to what, where does intuition come from? So they say, and I can feel it, so that our intuition lives in our sixth chakra. So our agna, so located, you know, like kind of in the middle of our forehead. So different chakras hold different things. Um, Sixth chakra holds our, uh, our intuition, um, our self-knowledge, like our awareness. In the sixth and the crown chakra, you know, they're very much connected and they hold a lot of the same things, um, but also a little different. Crown chakra goes more into the divinity, you know, and our, our oneness and our godness. Um, and the crown so, chakra is top of the head, right? Top of the head, yeah. 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 So when you, when you open those and you're pulling in information, where's the information coming from? Um, for me, I can feel like, so two things. I can feel energy coming through my crown chakra and through the crown, it's more of like, of an experience and through, uh, the third eye chakra, I can actually like, like that's where I get the, like the knowledge it's where I get the words to express. So I get the information like through the, through the third eye chakra. Yeah. So it's like, okay, Sarah, I'm getting this information for you. Um, you know, you're supposed to, you know, you're really supposed to take this intuition today thing to a next higher level. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm really getting that on you, you know, like it's going to be big. Like people want this, you know, people are going to feed off of this. It's good stuff. Um, like where I formulate that, like the words, like the message comes in, like through like the third eye. Right. But like the energy, I can feel it like the download of the information come through the crown. That's fascinating. I've never talked to somebody who has it, who's able to describe two different chakra points that it's coming through. And so I'm also curious, are you seeing pictures? Are you hearing words? Um, I know you've, you've said a couple of times that you get, um, there's feeling associations with it. So smells, anything like that? For me, um, my, uh, strongest clear senses are first clear sentience. So clear feeling. Um, I've been, you know, an empath since I was a little girl, didn't know what it was but feeling, I could feel people's emotions. I could feel what was going on with people. I could feel people thinking like, you know, I could feel that I could feel if their thoughts were tense or if they were having judgments or if they, you know, if they were sad, um, even if they had the greatest poker face in the world, it's like something's going, something's going on over there. Something's wrong, you know? Um, so that was the, the first one for me. And then, uh, clear cognizance was the second one. So clear knowing 
I just know things. Like I just, I get a download of information and then I share it. You're like, how do you know that? I don't know. I was just, you know, I was told, you know, I was told by my higher self, um, which I kind of lump. It's interesting because I kind of lump, you know, intuition, higher self, spirit, you know, divine knowing, like all kind of in that same category. Um, cause they are all intimately connected. You know, they, they may not be the exact same things that they're not, I don't think, but they're definitely connected and working together. Um, and then, uh, over time I've developed, uh, clairvoyance, which is clear vision. Um, so now I get more images and like downloads of images and like seeing people in past lives and that kind of thing. Um, and what I'd like to share about all of that is we all have clear senses, every single person. You can um, strengthen your clear senses like you would going to the gym and of uh, strengthening your muscles. Um, everyone has them and everyone can, uh, everyone can have visions. Everyone can, you know, have clear cognizance. It's just, you know, where are you putting your attention and your focus, you know, in your life? Yeah, we talked about, um, at the very beginning, you talked about the fact that intuition is a sense, and we actually emailed about this too. Um, and I just think it's a sense that we are not taught to strengthen. We don't, I mean, a lot of us aren't even really allowed to talk about it in the context of our families as we're growing up, uh, just because it's weird or strange or uh, not real, quote unquote. Um, so it's interesting to think about intuition in the context of the rest of our senses and whether it's actually the sixth sense or, as you said, the first sense. Right. Yeah. Um, through my teachings with my teachers, uh, they've, you know, relayed the information that, you know, no, intuition is not our sixth sense. It's actually our first, you know. So before we could eat and breathe and talk, or I'm sorry, before we could talk and, you know, see and hear, um, we could have our sense. We could take care of ourselves and live, you know, as these microorganisms, you know, we knew where to go through our sensory, through our intuition, you know. Um, I was going to say something else and now it's gone. It's okay. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> must not have been important. No, um, it must but we don't even think about our senses in general. Like we don't think about the fact that sight takes up so much, you know, space in our brain that if we shut down sight for a moment, we hear things completely different or we might feel things com completely differently. Um, so it's interesting to think about in the context of trying to strengthen your intuition, you, you know, what if you shut down some of your other senses to see what you pick up um, and how can that benefit you in your own practice we've been following our intuition for an extremely long time and it kind of seems like the more modern and technological we got and science-based we got the less like the more intuition got pushed to the back burner you know and science and technology have been amazing you know we can't we don't want to do without them uh but intuition should be right up there taught alongside you know the, um, I, I totally agree. As, as we've gotten more logical and analytical, we've gotten less intuitive is, you know, one way to sum that up. But I want to grab onto something you said in, in that example um, that relates to something that you actually did, which was asking. You kept asking the question. Um, and can you talk a little bit more about the idea behind asking and waiting for the answer? 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have to take a different approach to asking than what we normally do. Uh, we don't ask and like expect an answer or demand, you know, an answer. Intuition does not come through, um, demand, you know, or a willingness. Uh, intuition comes through openness and receptivity. You know, that's how our intuition can flow through. Um, so when I would ask, um, I would not expect anything, you know, and I wouldn't even look for an answer. I would keep my uh, senses open to a response because mm -hmm. answers, you know, come in the form of many different responses. It could be visual. It could be auditory. It could be in the form of a thought. It could be some sort of synchronicity happening in my life. So I just, I remained open, you know, I remained open and receptive and because I didn't know like anything really about like being an energy healer or what it would look like or what it would, you know, offer me and give me my life. I really didn't have an, a, like that large of an attachment to it, you know, like, okay, I guess I'll just listen to this and see what you say. Um, yeah. I think it takes a lot to just be open because you could have just kept saying, no, this is not what I am. This is not what I'm going to be doing. Um, yeah. and I mean, we could conjecture all day about what would have happened if you kept turning away from it, but, uh, like that, that already takes a lot of openness and willingness to turn, even just to turn towards it and say, okay, I'm willing to play. Let's see what happens. And honestly, it felt easier to turn toward the energy healing than stay in production. Okay. So it was, it was to the point of like, I'm, I'm in so much pain. I need to move away from it right. towards anything. Right. Like yeah. there was a surrender. Definitely. Like, you know what? I'm going to surrender to this because like, it feels like the easier path mm -hmm. and easier. I just mean less resistance, right. you know, uh, not necessarily that it's going to be easy, but just there's less resistance. Like I can tell that's like where my energy is flowing, mm -hmm. you know, like we go down like with the river, you know, and I felt like going and in, back into production would be just completely trying to swim up river. Just like, oh my God, this is so hard and it doesn't feel right. And why am I doing it? Whereas going into energy healing was like, okay, well, I guess let's see what happens. You know, I'll have fun with it. And, um, I also got in my intuition that if I'm following my intuition and I'm following what feels like to be like accurate, you know, in my system, um, I can't mess up. I can't get it wrong, you know, because it feels right. And if I go the other route, if I continue in production, that feels completely wrong. And so, yeah, that is going, it's going to go bad. It's not going to work. I think that, you know, so many of us have that with our careers where we're like, something doesn't feel right about this, but it's so uncomfortable to make that switch and yeah. make that change that, uh, you know, I just, I love the distinction that it, at that point it just felt easier and it felt more like flowing downstream rather than, rather than trying to flow upstream or swim upstream. So how long was it between the time that you turned towards the energy healing and learning about it and when you actually decided to open your own business and quit video production. Right. So, um, I was, you know, I was on a, a shoot 
in Atlanta with my boss who is totally like not spiritual, like doesn't believe in energy, the universe, you know, not like that way at all. And, um, this was a, a turning point for me because, you know, out of all people in the world who doesn't believe in anything that I'm talking about or that I'm into, you know, we're on this production shoot and I'm like, so need like energy work or, you know, have you ever looked at your chakra system? And, you know, people are like looking at me like with these eyes of like, who are you? And like, what are you talking about? You know? And my boss, you know, I, we're around each other a lot. Um, cause I was like his kind of go-to finally like looked at me one day, we were in the car, like driving to a shoot in Atlanta and said, Lisa, when are you going to quit this and just go do what you love? And I was just like, what? Like, did you just say that to me? You know? And, and I was like, Oh, okay. And he was just like, you, he's like, you don't want to do this. He's like, yeah, you're good. You're a good producer, but this isn't what you love. And for someone like with so much resistance to what I loved for him to like say that to me. And also like, you know, for him to like know that he'd like potentially lose me by making that statement was the first thing. And then a couple days later, you know, I'm like sitting with this and, uh, he was going through some stuff at the time. And, um, he go, uh, he had done like something that was like, I don't know it, it hurt his body. You know, he'd hurt his body, like lifting weights or done something like that. And I kind of went into this like tangent of like, you know, you need to take care better care of yourself and yada, yada. And he was like, okay, Lisa, he's like, I'm going to designate you my life coach for the next 30 days. And he's like, I will listen to everything that you say. And like my eyes just like shot open and like there are witnesses, people are around like hearing this. And if you know this person, like he doesn't listen to anyone, you know, he doesn't do He doesn't do what anybody says. And especially like, you know, this person who like, you know, who's a vegan, you know, me, who's like all about, you know, holistic living. And he's like, not about that at all is very opposite for him to believe in me, you know, and believe in like what I'm doing and what I'm creating. Uh, that was, that was the turning point. It was like, okay, if this guy of all people is going to believe in me as a healer, um, then I can't, I have to believe in myself, you know? Um, so that was, uh, that was huge. And that was in the spring of 2015, probably like March or April. And him and I kept an open dialogue about where I was at in the process, you know, and I was, I had started to take like the energy healing classes in school. And I had going through the summer, I was uh, working on people like at night and on the weekends. And, you know, I, my boss even let me take Thursdays off to like specifically do my healing. And I was renting an office space out of this one healing center. And um, so I was doing it part time by the summer. So like March to summer, but a part of like my curriculum was to work on people as well. And over the course of the summer, it just got more apparent, like people were coming to me and asking me to do sessions on them. And I'm like, I think this is, this is a real thing. And I, like started to ask the universe again, okay, like, am I supposed to make this into like a full-time business? And it was like, yes, yes, yes. Kept on getting yeses. And I just knew, like I knew before I even asked, like I really didn't even need to ask, but I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to check in, you know, make sure all was well and um, ended up going full-time in October of 2015. 
So, yeah, within, you know, it's like, yes, it may take a long time, you know, and yes, it may be really hard for people, but I think our minds really create it to be so scary. Like, oh my God, everything's going to fall apart and I'm going to, you know, lose all of my money and I'm going to not be able to do this, you know, in a very, you know, condensed amount of time. It's going to take years for me to create what, you know, my intuition is telling me to and maybe, but also maybe not. I mean, I did all of that within six months. Now, granted, there was a lot of building after, you know, I declared, you know, that full-time business and I've been building and building ever since, but, um, it wasn't that long of a time span, you know, the turnaround was pretty quick. Yeah. It's a, well, it's, it's a process. Like it doesn't, it's not immediate, but it's not forever. Right. Um, it also sounds like you had a really great supporter. Yeah. Yeah. And someone who's really in your corner, just cheering you on. Right. And you know, if we keep ourselves again, open, uh, to possibilities, you know, the limitless possibilities that are out there, um, we see that we have, like, we've got these people, we've got these situations all over the place. You know, magic is just like waiting to occur, you know, and by magic, you know, I also mean intuition, you know, they're, they're intimately connected. Um, so do you, do you have any final thoughts about intuition that I haven't asked you about already? Um, you know, I think I would just like to, um, you know, the definition of intuition um, to expand upon that a little bit more is, uh, you know, our intuition is, it's, it's like, it's right there. Um, all of it exists within us. Um, we are it and it is a part of us. Uh, and we have all of that infinite knowledge that the universe contains, you know, inside of us, like we're a part of it. So it's not that far, you know, without reach, you know, it's closer than what we make it to be. Um, and, you know, I think we make up that it's not that close because we haven't experienced that much, but most people haven't put that much, you know, awareness or focus, you know, or just attention onto it. Um, so I just encourage people to play with it, you know, and put yourself out there and allow yourself to do some radical trusting. And if it comes up wrong, you've got a great example of what's not intuition. And that's intuition showing you what's not intuition, you know, and then you'll do it again and it'll show you exactly what's intuition. And so you have to practice, you have to try, you know, and only your ego is going to be, you know, a little bit hurt and it'll get over it really quickly. <laughs> you know? I love that. Thank you so much for your time today, Lisa. This has been an awesome interview. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been such a pleasure. Very exciting for me as well. Thanks again to Lisa for her time and her openness in sharing her experiences with intuition. Lisa provides energetic balancing and supportive services to assist individuals along their own spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical journey. If you're interested in hearing more about her work, visit lisalola.net. And if you'd like to find out more about Find Your True North, visit www.intuition.today.